everyone. Day six of 21 days. I hope everyone can hear me. I'm very punctual today. It's been a very, very busy morning. I realize I normally uh, send out an email uh, reminding everyone of the event. So today something was different. I see someone is online. If they can just uh, give me thumbs up, if you can hear the sound okay. Good morning, and the sound is fine. You're, mm, thank you so much. Oh, Marie's online too. So today, the thing is that since I've begun um, since I've begun doing these um, 21 days talking about lack and um, sharing the the realizations, the logic in a logical way, because I understand your questions. I used to ask them. Um, I understand what you're going through. I've gone through them. And the beauty of it that I've gone so far out in the bushes that um, I'm not saying that I've I'm the one that's gone to such degrees. There are so many degrees of out in the bushes there in this world, darling. And uh, But I get the sense of the lack of money, the lack of health, the lack of worthiness, the lack of confidence, the lack of am I important enough? And that was my thing. Um, just to, before I begin, um, a memory came to me of how it is so that I came to the conclusion that I'm obviously not important enough. And um, for those that don't know me, my name is Rafael. I'm sorry, I never introduced myself. You don't know who you're talking to, but then again, my name's not important. Um, I grew up in South Africa. Um, my parents are Italian and we've lived in so many different countries where I'm not really feeling patriotic to any country, but feel utter blissful and about um, the whole world. I mean, every country is beautiful um, that I've been to and have hosted me as of one of their own. So the point is, I came to the conclusion that I'm not important enough because, as always, brought up in the 70s, everyone sort of seemed to have an identity of how they should be behaving. And parents, you know, the father goes out to work and the mother looks after the children. And in this case, my mother also used to work. So I was brought up um, by a nanny, which I loved and adored her. Um, and so what happened was when parents did come home, something was, my father had to watch the news. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this must be important because there's no attention coming towards me. So I just sort of you know, stumbling across, I found that everything was more important than me and came to some conclusion that only once I could be like the people in the news. So, or um, some sort of different level because I had placed myself, obviously, not getting any attention. Um, I'm not important. I mean, it's logical. So the state of being of lack began very, very, at a very, very young age. And then, uh, for those that don't know, there was that um, disrupt of the economical situation because of the apartheid and rich people became poor people overnight. And we were one of them. So, you know, lack of importance, lack of, I'm a nobody, I'm nobody important, is a, is a thought that came and kept coming up. 
And because of the lack of importance that kept coming up, I'm not important, what did I do? I strive to become important. Um, I started to look for jobs that gave me a certain level of authority. But then again, not too much because <laughs> not, I'm not up to speed with that. But there was this, this sense of liberties that I noticed that looking back in my life, that um, I always tried to achieve, 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 and keep achieving because of the, the lack of importance that I was feeling. I am nobody important. And this just started to just lump on more and more and more. And that was my objective, my life objective. I must become important. So what happened was that I started to create an image of who I thought to be. And as I was living life, as you have been living life, you've come to certain conclusions from a very, very young age, is that I'm not important. I have these traits, I do this well, I don't do this well. And characteristics and definitions, the mind, the mind will just keep describing what my current state of being. And I know I haven't mentioned the word often. I haven't mentioned the word of the state of being often in these um, episodes because I wanted to get to this point. Your state of being. Your mind is describing your state of being. And what I realized was when I was in a little bit of pain, it wasn't that a big of a deal, you know, um, you kind of get through it. But when you get to the point where you cannot breathe anymore because your body is now in flight or fight mode that you need to defend this character, that's who I believe to be. I was somebody on this planet in the midst of 7 billion people and wasn't important. There were people important. I'm not one of them. That's an important person. I'm not one of them. And what happens when you meet someone that you believe is more important than you? There's that starstruck. <gasps> He's important, I'm not. She's important, I'm not. And what they did, that did for me is that when I dived into a relationship with someone because, you know, that's what happens. You, you, you seek connection. And then you do find someone. But then that, that sense of important, I'm not important enough. Why on earth are you with me? Why do you want to be with me? I'm not important. And then that pain just gripped me and gripped me again and gripped me again. So my behavior was like trying to prove myself I was important enough. But then I, my mind would define the other person in a relationship with me saying, you see, you see, she didn't call you. She didn't tell you she was going out. You're not important enough. Whereas it was, <laughs> if I look back. So yes, I've had disastrous relationships. I was married and divorced and um, not a pretty divorce either. So the whole point of growing up with the sense I'm not important enough, you know, just scripted out my whole life because that is who I believe to be. The small, minute, insignificant little dot on the spot and not worthy enough. So my relationship suffered I, because I suffered. Because the feeling kept reflecting, indicating my belief about this character that I believed to be. 
So the I'm not important enough took all of my attention. Um, my relationships were disastrous. Um, the money thing didn't seem to affect me at all until I got into my late 30s um, at some point where I just, my business um, started to suffer because of the anxiety that every time I saw something, I would interpret it, that is an indication that I'm not important enough. And even when I was given importance by the outside world and a, a temporary validation, I would want to recreate it over and over and over again because it wasn't enough, because the pit was so deep, an endless pit. I required consistent, eternal validation to maintain that character of, oh, I got validation, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. So... What I realized, and thanks to someone that commented on a video I, I was doing about remembering to breathe, it, uh, one of the things that I realized that I was in constant achievement mode where I was trying to recreate emotions that I had felt of validation. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Or I was attempting to suffocate the the pain that gripped me. So I was either gripped in pain or I was trying to achieve that validation again. I was busy. I was really, really busy. So that, that experience, I'm sharing experiences because only through experiences can we have this conversation. If I didn't have any of this conversation, I'd just be you and me sitting together, maybe having a cup of tea. But if it wasn't for these experiences, I wouldn't be able to verbalize the realization. And what is a realization? Is what I've been attempting to point to. Is that the realizations is being able to notice the character. So you've all been writing to me, and thank you so much, that's lovely. And you've all been no notifying me of the fact that you have become aware of the pain and you've all been describing the pain as intolerable. Now you know, you identify when you are in grip of the pain and, you, and if you notice when you're not. There are moments in your days that the grip and the release is grip and release. So what I'd like to do today is a simula simulation. That's the word, isn't it? The simulation, let's simulate one of our typical days. So, for, you, for all of those that are interested in how it is so that we're creating lack. So, we all have this character. You have this character because you're in pain. And the only reason why you're in pain is because you're thinking and defining and feeling. There is thinking. When there is thinking, there is feeling. Thinking, feeling, thinking, feeling, thinking, feeling. Okay, we got that. And when you're thinking and defining and feeling, your actions spring forth. I'm not important enough. Let me go do this thing. So then they will say, great job. And then I'll get validation. I'm going to go out and do that thing. Because I need that validation. I need that hit. I need that hit. I need that hit. All right. So basically, you're under the influence of a substance called 
and it is a substance, by the way. If anyone has ever watched the What the Bleep Do You Know, a famous documentary about 10 years ago, and that's how I discovered Joe Dispenza. Brilliant man, I love him to bits. And it occurred to me in the video that science has discovered that when you are thinking a thought, a language of the mind, the body is now feeling the equivalent in a form of a sensation. And what really happens in your brain, there is um, a chemical for every emotion. And so when you're thinking that thought, the chemical in your brain gets dripped down into your body so then you can actually feel the equivalent of that thought. So fear is an actual, just imagine like this drip, dripping into your system and now you get that sensation. So you are under the influence of some sort of chemical that is producing that. So my logic said, if I'm not thinking that thought, then I won't get the drip. That could help. Like trying to, you know, let's first figure out how to just ease myself so then I can focus on meditation and I can do this. So that was my first train of thought. So what I did is that I kept a pen and paper with me and then I woke up in the morning and the first thing that hit me was coffee. And so I made coffee. And as I'm roaming around, then I would check my messages on my phone. Back in the day, we didn't really have, you know, Facebook and Messenger, all that. It was just starting. So I get a, a message, you want to come out? And then I realize, oh, God, I don't have enough money for that. No, I've got a business to run. I got, And now I've been reminded and I've been gripped and I feel the grip. So I write that down, like I'm taking note of all the grips, okay? And then I go to my post box and there's bills and there's another grip. And I write that one down. So I'm noticing where I'm getting these sensations because these sensations have become very evident. So I wrote them down and by the end of the day, I've got like 125 grips. So I said to myself, all right, so I've noticed that when I go to the post box and when I read my messages and when I watch the news and when I do this and when I do that, I get gripped. So what am I going to do? Instead of doing those things, some I had to do because there was no one else to do it, I'm going to meditate instead. So at the end of the day, I noticed I went down from 125 to 66. What does that mean? I've had less drips. The body didn't react as often as that. So meditation, I learned, was just, I didn't really know what to do because the mind kept saying, how do you do it? How do you do it? I just stayed still and just breathed and focused on my breathing because that's those are the videos I used to find on YouTube. They would say, you know, the information today is just abundant compared to back in the day. So I'd focus on my breathing and I'd focus on my breathing and I'd focus on my breathing. And one day it occurred to me, um, the, the companion I was um, living with at the time um, used to go on long hikes. Um, like very often, like every morning would go out and off she'd go and be out for at least three hours. So I'd be sitting in meditation and heard her leave. And it, to me, it felt like a split second had just passed and I hear the door coming in and it occurred and I just thought, what has she forgotten? 
Instead, she had been out for three hours. So by meditating, I, wasn't un I was unaware of the fact that I had been sitting in that position for about two to three hours. But to my conscious mind, because I heard the door twice, it was in and out. So don't underestimate the power of meditation. What that did for me is because I didn't know exactly how to feel better, I just started eliminating the moments of those triggers. And then I came to the point where I was triggered, I'm going to use the word now, triggered, gripped, gripped, that awful pain, gripped about 10 to 14 times that day. So 125 times I was gripped and reminded of my lack, reminded of my